The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. Well, um, my name is Annika, and I am on full-time staff here at the Inn. Um, I'm 25. I'm from Lake Oswego, Oregon. And I grew up with an awesome family. I have a younger brother who's three years younger, so that'd make him 22. And my older sister, um, who's married and has her first son. And I also have great parents. And uh, my mom's from Colorado, my my dad's from Seattle, so they grew up being super active. I grew up skiing and uh, camping a lot. And when my mom had two daughters, one thing she was super worried about was that we would turn out to be she didn't want to have girly girls. She wanted pe- people who, were, who weren't afraid to get dirty. So she would dress us up in our nice clothes when it was raining out and then take us puddle jumping just so we learned, like, the fact that it was okay if you get your nice, pretty dress dirty. So um, I grew up love, loving to play outside. We had woods in our backyard, so we would build forts, and I went skiing a lot and swimming. But one thing I never loved was hiking. And, but my mom, she loved hiking. She thought it was awesome. So every Mother's Day, we got to go for a family hike. And uh, me and my siblings, we thought it was lame and boring. And uh, this last year, I was watching Modern Family, and there's an episode called Mother's Day. And they got to do the pleasure of going on a hike. So we're going to check this out. Yeah, that was definitely poison oak. I think this rash is spreading. Hi, Manny, that's not a rash. It's red because you scratch it. I just don't want my throat to close. Wouldn't be the worst thing. I'm so bored, I'd rather be reading. I'm so bored, I chewed the last bug that flew in my mouth just to feel something. I'm so bored, I'm talking to you. Ugh, okay. For the last 20 minutes, all you people have done is whine. You would think on Mother's Day, at least, you would have something nice to say. Shh. Why? Out of here, coyote. Go ahead. God, Luke, you're such an idiot. At least I don't look like an idiot. What does that mean? Your hat looks like you walked under a bird that Pook suddenly has. <laughs> Can we watch the language? There's nothing else to watch. Enough complaining! You can't beach all day because you're not at the beach all day! Come on! No, no, no. I, I'm giving myself a Mother's Day present. Kids, your hike is over. Yes! Right. No! You're not happy! Bad. Mm. Sad. Glory and I are going to go finish this beautiful hike together while you sit here and think about how selfish and thoughtless you've been. Come on. If we're thoughtless, how can we think? You just lost your water. Let's go. <laughs> so, sm- slightly smaller family, but similar feeling of mom being so excited, kids complaining, then mom gets sad, then dad gets mad at kids because we're complaining and ruining Mother's Day. And remember one year we all came back with ticks, which was awesome. So, um, so hiking was something that I never loved. And it wasn't until I went to New Zealand and uh, I studied abroad there. And before I went there, my a friend of the family was like, oh my gosh, there's this boy. He's studying abroad there too. And you guys are going to be perfect for each other. And I was like, Okay, you know, like, you are one of 900 people who know the perfect person for me and was not <laughs> expecting it to work out. But I went and I ran into this guy, and I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> and he and he asked me to go on, like, day 
couple days in New Zealand, he's like, hey, you want to go for a backpacking trip? And I was like, yeah, totally. I love it. And, um, and so we, we, yeah, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I had this backpack that I'd gotten because I heard you do some backpacking in New Zealand. So I had my backpack, you know, like fresh tags off from REI. Like I had no clue what I was doing, packed way too much stuff. Like I remember packing this sleeping pad that was like five pounds and we stayed in these little huts that had mattresses. So I carried this stupid thing around for like days. But I was on this hike and I was yeah, try, hoping to like impress this boy and to go on this adventure. And um, yes, so we're going to pause for a moment because before I go on more with that story, I want to tell you a little bit about me. And um, so one thing that I struggle with is just this idea of never feeling enough, like never feeling like I'm good enough, I'm fast enough, I'm strong enough, I'm athletic enough, I'm whatever it is. It's this constant struggle. And, um, and I remember this being in college, the same idea where I had these professors that wanted me to get these grades and these parents who had these expectations, and my friends who wanted me to be this kind of a friend and sorority problems and all these things that I felt like were pulling at me and calling me to be this perfect person in all these different areas or these expectations I put on myself and I just never felt like I could live up to them. And I always felt like I was never good enough in these certain areas. And I felt like I was constantly failing and constantly fighting against this, like, exhaustion of, like, trying to keep up with my grades and my friends and my family and my sorority and my church. And, um, and then the lies that fed into that, like, if you were only better at this, then this would happen. If you're only prettier, then the boy would like you. If you're only this, you know, all these things that happened to me. And I think that this is something that I'm not alone in. I think a lot of us have these thoughts in our head, and a lot of us feel these pressures and these pulls in these different directions to, um, to, be, to try and be enough in these certain areas. And this is, this is something that even sitting with college students, with you guys, last year we had a lot of conversations with people about different places where they felt like they weren't enough, and the, this constant pressure of feeling pulled to try and be more, but we're exhausted. So this is something that I struggle with daily, and thoughts go in my mind. So I'm, and this is something that's not been new. So I'm back on this hike with this guy, and we're hiking, and it's, I think there was like six of us. There's like four boys and a couple of us girls, and I'm trying to be like strong and funny and cute and like all these things. So this boy will think I'm great, and I, he's not feeling it, and I'm like, dang it. So. The internal dialogue's like, oh my gosh, only you were like faster or stronger or more fun or all this stuff. So I'm hiking and I'm talking to God and I'm like, God, why didn't you make me this way or this way or if I was only all this? And just having this dialogue in my head about how I just wasn't feeling like I was measuring up and how I just didn't feel like I was enough. And I felt like God was there and he was like, enough, like stop, like seriously, stop. And he... Um, I remember we were in New Zealand. It was beautiful. And, I'm, and we were looking up at these mountains. So you can throw it up there. That was one of the hiking, the next one. So we're looking at this mountain, and I felt like he was telling me enough. And he's like, look at this mountain. Look at this mountain. And I was like, sweet mountain. Beautiful. And it's this beautiful, incredible mountain. And when I look at it, all I see is this beautiful mountain. And I'm like, I know, God, that mountain's awesome all this stuff, 
But I felt like he was like, look closely and look at how imperfect it is. Look at how broken it is. Look at how nothing about it is symmetrical. Nothing about it is, there's no like perfect lines like this chunk's over here and this is higher than this and this rock's out of place and this part's steeper and this part's narrower and like it's just this messed up, broken thing. And the more you zoom in, the more of a mess it is. And I felt like, but at the same time, when you look at it, all you see is this beautiful mountain. And I think it's like fascinating that you can see all the brokenness, but at the same time, the bigger thing you see is this beauty and its power. And I felt like God was trying to tell me that that's maybe how he sees me, where he sees this brokenness. He sees these faults. He sees these places where I'm not enough, where I wish I was better or this or that. But what he sees louder than all that is just this incredible creation that he made and this incredible thing that he's using to, I mean, he was changing my life through this mountain and, and he was saying, I'm going to, I mean, that's a mountain. It's not even moving. Like, I'm going to use you. I said creation was good, and I said man is very good. And if you think this mountain's incredible, then you should even begin to fathom how I see you. So this mountain, this was the first time that, and on that hiking trip, so I didn't, didn't work out with the boy, but it was the first time that the Lord began to speak against that lie that I'm not enough and gave me an image that was really powerful and kind of has stuck with me for years. Um, so this, this series, we've been talking about these lies that we believe. And tonight I want to dive deeper into this lie that we're not enough, this lie that we, we need to be faster, stronger, happier, blah, 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 whatever it is, that we're not enough. And I want us to keep this picture of this mountain in our mind, and I want us to hopefully speak some truth against that lie and hopefully help us zoom out. Because I think if you guys are like me, I spend a lot of time zoomed in, focusing on this tiny little thing that's out of place or this little spot that's broken or this thing that's messed up, and lots of times I lose this vision that God has for who I am and what he wants to do in my life. So before we dive into that, pray with me. Dear God, uh, I thank you for tonight, and I thank you for bringing us all together. And Lord, I thank you for um, just creation and how incredible it is. And Lord, that um, that just gives us a glimpse of how incredible you think we are. And Lord, I pray that that you will just speak truth against lies that we believe tonight, Lord. Um, and that your your truth and your love will just overwhelm any lie that we believe. Um, God, speak through me, edit words that are not yours, and help things to land in people's hearts that you desire. Um, pray all these things in your name. Amen. Okay. So, how this, one, one way that I've seen this idea play out in my life is I was an intern at a college ministry in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so I grew up I grew up going to church, but didn't go to Sunday school. I'd spend my services coloring with my mom and dad. I didn't like Sunday school. thought it was boring. I did a lot of young life stuff, but I never was trained or never was taught in all these different Bible stories. So when I went to the Bible Belt, and I was this intern, and I was supposed to lead all these people, I remember sitting there, at, like, hanging out with some students, and they started making jokes about 
how someone's hair was like Samson. And I was like, I don't know who Samson is. And like, they're throwing around all these like Bible names and half of you are laughing because you grew up with those stories and the other half are like, who is this person? I don't know. Um, but I remember feeling super, I remember, I felt like that was like zooming in right on this like huge broken spot. Like Annika does not know the Bible well. And she is a Christian mentor working for Jesus. So I felt like it was this huge insecurity of like, oh my gosh, and the lies started coming. Like, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't know enough. Like, how can, how can you be used? Like, how are you going to speak to students? They know way more than you. All this stuff, like, on and on and on and on about just all these lies that I wasn't enough and couldn't be used. And, um, and I think I had to, and honestly, I remember this mountain, and I remember this image that the Lord gave me, and it was like, no. Like, God has a bigger picture than this one thing that I suck at, this one thing I'm not super good at. And if I, and throughout that year, God did use me. Yes, I learned a little bit more scripture along the way. Yes, he grew me in that area, but I, like, the Lord worked through me. I saw him work in my heart. I saw him work in other people's lives. Like, he was not held back by this tiny thing that I struggled with. And I think this is similar to people that I see in the Bible. There's Moses, and Moses is someone who most People, whether you believe in God or not, you um, you might know who Moses is. He's the guy who parted the Red Sea. He's this incredibly influential guy in history who tra- who changed the history of the Bible. And but Moses is called by God, so God comes to Moses and speaks to him, which is pretty incredible on its own. But yet, and God says, like, I'm going to use you, Moses, to free all my people from slavery. And some of you guys might be like, yeah, it would be awesome to have God come and call me. But Moses' first response was, was probably similar to what the other half of you guys would feel, where he just started feeling all these insecurities bubbling up, where he was like, God, are you, you can't use me. Like, I can't even speak. How am I going to free these people if I can't talk well? Like, choose someone else. Like, I am not your man. Like, all this insecurity is coming up. And the Lord was like, no, because God had this vision for Moses' life that was so much bigger than these little insecurities and these little broken places in Moses. And Moses ended up living into that vision that God had for his life, but he had to, to not let that lie that he wasn't good enough, he wasn't smart enough, he wasn't a good enough speaker stop him from changing history. And I think a lot of us have that same thing that happens, where we're called into something, but we have these huge insecurities that come up, or we see these broken places in our lives and don't think that we can be used. And I think the other half of us are stopped because of something we've done and some sin in our life that we're like, no way, God. Are you kidding me? Do you know what I've done? And I think this is what, what happened with David. Where David, you, a lot of you guys know the story of David and Goliath. David was this incredible king. He was called a man after God's own heart. He wrote most of the Psalms. He was just an amazing leader for the Lord. But one thing about David was that he, when he was a king, he was standing in his palace checking out the land, and saw cute babe bathing. And he was like, oh, hello. And he decided that he wanted that girl as his wife. And But this woman was already married. So he ends up taking this woman as his wife, committing adultery, having a child with her, and sending her husband to war to be killed. And so David, this guy, man after God's own heart, has this huge sin of lust and infidelity and this huge junk in his life, and yet he goes on to continue to transform history. 
And I think that what he had to do there was to not let the lie that your sin is bigger than God's vision, but understand the truth that God's vision for his life was so much bigger than the sin he struggled with. That God saw him and saw his potential and his greatness as much bigger than anything that he could have done. And imagine that you're a coach for a soccer team. And you see this player, and you're thinking about the season, and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to be captain. Great leadership skills. He's awesome. He's really smart. He's in shape. He's all these things. And he comes to you, and he's like, I can't score a goal. And you're like, well, you're a defender. Like, you're not supposed to score goals. And he's like, can't score a goal. I'm out. Coach, I'm, don't, I mean, I'm, I quit. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like, what the heck? Like, you are amazing player, yet you can't score a goal. It's fine. We'll work on it. Whatever. And he quits. And how frustrating that would be. Because as a coach, you have this vision for this player, and you see how they're going to help the team out. You see how they're going to grow. You see places they can develop. You see all their gifts and strengths, and yet they're focused on this tiny little thing that they think makes them not enough and therefore unusable. And I think that it sounds silly, but I think we do that all the time. And I think even, like, with our bodies, we do that. Where you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, my gosh, my stomach, if only it was flatter. Only I was taller. If only I was tanner. You know, we look at this tiny little thing, and I think one thing about hiking that I do love is I'm like, yes, maybe my body isn't perfect, but, like, it can climb this mountain. Like, that's awesome. And it gives me the zoomed-out picture of, like, who I am instead of this, like, oh, my gosh, my left eye is, like, slightly larger than my right. Like, no boy will ever marry me, blah, 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 blah. And I think that we laugh, but, like, that's where our brain goes, where it's like, oh, my gosh, only my eye was a little smaller. Then this boy would have looked at me, and then would have got, you know, stupid. So what we need to know is that God's vision for our life is so much bigger than these sins or these insecurities or these things we struggle with. And why does this matter? And the reason that, yeah, it's good. Um, the reason this matters, I think, for two, two reasons. One is just the big picture scale, where you think about Moses or David. If they, didn't, if they got stuck on this lie, history would be changed. Like, things would be completely different. And that's the same thing for us. So on this big scale, it matters. But I think what makes the most difference is day-to-day how we live and what happens. Because I know for me, it changes everything, whether I'm living into that lie or whether I'm living into God's truth. And one thing that happens to me is I get stuck in this cycle. And so say I'm going, I'm going to staff meeting, and I'm sitting there, and I say some comment, and I'm like, that was the worst idea ever, like stupid. And then my brain starts to go, oh, my gosh, worst idea ever. You suck. Why are you on staff? They're going to fire you. No one can use you. Blah, blah, blah. So what happens is you do something that isn't perfect or something that, whatever, you believe that you're not enough, internally beat yourself up, then externally you try to ignore it or cover up your struggle or fake it or whatever you're doing, and then you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I'll be better next time. And then you do the same thing or something else, and thus the cycle continues. And I think the worst part about this cycle is internally your thoughts are, we push the little, I don't know how to make the little, yeah, Internally, you start to feel, this is what I feel, I start to feel worthless or shame or fear or insecure or frustrated or lonely or unlovable or impure or a failure. I have negative self-talk. I'm discontent. And this is what is going on inside. This is where I live. It's pretty awesome right here. Or in my external life, 
I start to become busier so I don't have to hear or feel this stuff. Or I try to keep other people away so they won't know that I'm struggling with these things or I'm feeling these things. Or I judge others to be like, well, at least I'm better than this. Or at least my eye is better shaped than this person's eye. Or whatever it is, so that I feel a little bit better because I'm stuck in this terrible cycle. And I think when I look at this cycle, I'm like, God did not want us to live there. Like, he does not want us to live in that loop. Like, he did not come die on the cross to save us so that we could live in a pathetic cycle of feeling like we suck. And, but I think this is so easy for us to get stuck here. And it's so easy for, for me to fall back into this loop multiple times a day. And one thing that I learned a couple years ago that really pissed me off, actually, was I found out that 300 to 3,000 times a day we see advertisements. So that means, like, the point of an advertisement is to show you a place where you don't measure up. Like, oh, you need this, or you should look like this. If you have this, you'll be this. So basically 3,000 times a day, we're told, we're like, for this mountain, we're like, oh, check out that rock out of place. Oh, look over here. This part sucks. This is imperfect. So we're bombarded by this constantly. And that was, like, super frustrating for me to hear because I was like, no wonder I spend my life in this stupid cycle because I'm constantly being told these things. So it frustrated me. So I decided I was going to try to look through the Bible and see if I could find 300 or 3,000 times that God said something different. So I was like, what is speaking truth into my brain if this is being spoken into me whether I want it or not? So I started researching or looking up stuff, and I made it through, like, Isaiah. and found, like, 100. I think I made it to 142, and I was like, this is boring. I'll just, I'll just repeat this list, just reread it. I got kind of bored of my own task. But what I thought about was I was like, okay, if I woke up in the morning and I read this note on my pillow and it was like, dear Annika, you are fat, ugly, suck, you need this, this, and this. Like, if I read that every morning, I would start to believe that, whether it's true or not. And I was like, what if I read things that were actually true? Like, you are loved and chosen and worthy and redeemed and pursued. And, like, somehow that would have to start to soak in somewhere. So, these are some of the things that the Lord says that we are. That we're destined for greatness, that we're blessed, we're chosen, we're clean, we're peaceful, we're joyous, we're appointed, we're fruitful, not alone, enjoyed, healed, celebrated, free, offered abundance, pardoned. And so what I would start doing was trying to, my core group and I, we'd try and read this list like once at night and once in the morning. We're like, great, we have, you know, 20 times we've heard truth and 3,000 lies, but... At least it was a start. And so I, th- I think, but this was one of those first steps at fighting back against this lie and filling that lie that we're not enough with truth that God says, like, actually, you're awesome. And you are all these things. And one thing it says in Galatians 5.1 is it says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Submit yourselves to him and no longer to the yoke of slavery. And, I, and to me, that verse means stop believing these lies. Stop, somehow get yourself out of that cycle and start believing the truth that God says you are. But how do we do this? It sounds like, great, I'd love to like push pause, like throw away the cycle. But as you guys know, I went study abroad many years ago and I'm still find myself in that cycle. But how do we, how do, we do this? For me, this last year, it's been one of the most 
transformational and like I feel like I've made the most like ground fighting this cycle and this lie. Uh, I moved to Seattle last August. I got a job here. It was great. Um, and I also moved into a house with some awesome women. And one of my roommates, Lauren, and I, we started talking one night and we were talking about how we were hanging out with people and then both of us were like feeling super insecure. Like, why does that happen? Like, why do we feel like, oh my gosh, nobody likes me. I said this stupid comment. Like, why do we get stuck in that cycle with our friends? And we were just like frustrated and then talking about different times or places where we felt insecure. And it was something that I had never really talked about with anyone because I'm like, that's embarrassing. But we started talking about it and we're like, okay, we should like do something about this. And so we just, but we didn't want to always be like, so how are your insecurities feeling? So we're like, we'll come up with a code word. We'll name it something and then we can talk about it way easier than talking about our insecurities. So we called it Ted. So we'd start talking to each other and be like, oh my goodness, how was Ted today? He sucked. Like I wanted to punch him in the throat. Like he was terrible. And we, we started talking like this about Ted. Um, and there was something like incredibly freeing about being like, Ted, like, get out of here. Versus, like, I am this terribly insecure person. Why do I, why am I so insecure? Oh, my gosh. You know, like, in the cycle. But at least it was like, Ted, like, out of here. So, and I remember one time I was texting this boy. And I did one of those, like, stupid, like, girly text messages that's, like, way too, it's, like, this long. <laughs> like, way too emotional with, like, 100 exclamation points and smiley faces and winky faces. And you're just, like, <laughs> push send. And you're, like, No! <laughs> terrible and and then it was like no response and you're like oh gosh like panic attack like oh no and then and then ted came in to the picture and he's like oh you send crappy text text messages you will never have a boyfriend you will never get married you're gonna be alone for the rest of your life like too many winky faces you're embarrassing and and i remember being like so it just starts getting in the cycle and i'm just like i go i like was sprinting upstairs i was like lauren ted is attacking me and she's like what is he saying and i was like telling her all this stuff and she's like tell him to knock it off like yeah ted knock it off but there was something like freeing about being able to talk about something that was like super real but like make it like get out of here like that's not real like that's not true that's a lie like ted get out of here so um yeah another thing that's <laughs> so on wednesdays we come in the office a little later because we stay up super late Tuesday nights. So we go to kickboxing, which in the school year, it's like all the moms and me. <laughs> and we, uh, but at the end of the class, we always have these pillows and we get to like fight them and they're always like, name your pillow, someone you want to attack. And I'm always, it's always Ted. I'm always like, Ted, you know, like hitting this pillow and kicking it and people are, and my teacher's always like, <laughs> I'm like, this is for my Ted and this is for Lauren's Ted and this is for just fighting these Ted's and my teacher's always like, Oh, I don't want to be your ex-boyfriend. Like all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just Ted. Like, but there is, but we were, but I was meeting with different students this year and we were talking about Ted or people would name things, different things and texting him like, Hey, how's Ted today? Or how's Delilah or whatever. And just, <laughs> it's a lie. You get it? It's funny. Um, and there was something like powerful of like, as soon as we could name this thing, we could start to, like, fight against it. So, what I want you guys to try right now is the five steps to defeating Ted. <laughs> First thing is 
you got to name your why. you got to figure out what it is. Like, I remember with a friend, this is another thing that I never, I don't think, said out loud when I was super jealous of her because of another boy, um, but telling her I was jealous of her and then being able to speak, like, jealousy. Like, oh, that's what that struggle is. That's what that feeling is. And then the next time I felt that, I was like, oh, jealousy. Like, no, I'm not going to be jealous. Get out of here. So name it, speak it, fight back, tell it to leave, and then fill that hole with truth. Like, fill it with some of those words that God says that we actually are. Or picture that big mountain or, like, zoom out and be like, no, like, I am not this horrible, jealous person. Like, yes, jealousy. Get out of here. I'm a mountain. I'm awesome. And then repeat multiple times a day. Because if you're like me, I literally have to say this to myself multiple times a day. And I literally picture the mountain, and I picture some of those good words, and I tell Ted to leave. Um, so right now, I want you guys to think in your own heads. You don't have to say this out loud. But just think of something, think of a lie that you believe. Think of whether it's you're not enough, you struggle with pride, you struggle with lust, you struggle with jealousy, you struggle with whatever. Okay. <clears throat> now I want you to name it something. Recently, fear has been something I struggle with, so I'm going to name it Frank. Maybe. Frank, sorry if you're Frank out there. Um, so name it something. Pick a name. Give me a thumbs up when you got a name. Great. Um, and now you don't have to tell them what it symbolizes, but tell your neighbor your name. <laughs> okay. So now you guys all have a name. So now next time you feel that feeling or you feel that struggle, you can tell... Frank or Delilah or Ted or whatever to leave. And if you want me to fight it in kickboxing, you can tell me the name and I will chop it for you. <laughs> uh, yes, but what I think is so amazing, and me and Lauren were talking about this, is we were, a couple weeks ago, we were like ta- thinking back over the year and thinking about Ted and thinking about just that journey and how crazy that was that we randomly admitted that to each other that one night and then and thinking about like oh my gosh like we talk about ted way less now like ted doesn't really i mean still bothers me but not as much and it felt really good to be able to have growth and to see like freedom come and to see me living more and more into freedom and more and more into those words that god called me and being able to see more and more of god's vision for my life than being stuck like looked at this tiny little rock that was out of place And so that was super hopeful for me, just that there is, yes, I've still struggled with not feeling enough, but I've grown a lot in that. And I've gotten a lot better at being like recognizing when Ted's in my brain versus truth and a lot better at recognizing lies and a lot more angry when I recognize lies in other people or when you start to see your friend talking and you just see these lies that they're like thinking or believing and it frustrates me. And I'm like, stop, like that is not true. Makes me mad. Uh, one verse in Hebrews that I was thinking about when I was thinking about all this is, is it up there? Okay, pause. Okay, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So this verse is saying, since we're surrounded by friends, for people who we're all, we're all trying to figure out what does it mean to follow Jesus? How do we do this day to day? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that entangles. Let's tell Ted to get out of here. Let's tell these lies to leave. 
and let's let's speak truth and run forward towards this picture of a mountain. Let's picture each other as mountains. Let's stay zoomed out and let's begin to live into this vision that God has for our lives or begin to figure out what is that vision. God, if I've been looking here for years, like what, who am I? Like what do you want to, how do you want to use me? Look at that. Uh, And God, he wants us to be free. He said it's for freedom he came to set us free. And so this is why we have to figure out how to call a lie a lie and replace it with truth. And so my hope for myself and for all of us is that we can zoom out and that we can see ourselves as mountains and not stay focused on these tiny little cracks or imperfections. My hope is that we can begin to discover God's vision for our lives. My hope is that our minds would be marked by God's truth. That we, if you looked inside our brain, we wouldn't be stuck in that little cycle, but that we would be, live, we would be saying to ourselves, I am chosen, I am redeemed, I am worthy, I am pursued, I am loved, I am thirst quenched. And that that internal self-talk would overflow into people around us. And my, you know, my hope is that we'd spend way less time in that cycle and know that we're enough. My hope is that these lies would become obvious and that we would name them and you guys have already done that. It's a great job. And that we begin to fight against those. Let us live big lives of freedom and greatness. Let us shrink the power that sin has on us and enlarge the truth and the hope and the love of Jesus Christ. Let us destroy the lie that we're not enough and be overwhelmed by the truth that God's vision for our lives is so much greater than the sin we struggle with. And one other thing I have for you guys tonight and you can put these in your wallet because they're wallet-sized, if you want, is these little things that say, I'm enough. And they have some of those promises that are on them because it's easy for me to forget things. So you can practice reading this list 3,000 times a day. And that's... So now will you guys bow your heads and pray with me. Dear God, uh, thank you for just a random boy who asked me to go hiking who led me to this beautiful metaphor. Um, Lord, thank you for just the way you use random things to speak to us, God, and the way you used creation to to speak against a lie in my life. Lord, I thank you for just um, a great roommate and a great community and a safe place to begin to fight these lies. And Lord, I also just thank you for the freedom that's come over this last year in my life. And I pray for everyone out here and for myself, Lord, as I begin to tackle other lies, that your truth about us would just overwhelm that lie, Lord. That as we look at these broken places in our life, we would remember that the beauty of who we were created to be completely overwhelms that brokenness. And God, I pray that we would just go out here and, um, and live a little bit more into that freedom. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.